Welcome to the Atomic Readers Podcast, your home for transformative nonfiction and coaching content. I'm your host and friend, Steve Fennell, and each Friday I'll bring you an atomic insight. This is a shorter episode where we focus on a single concept that will upgrade and elevate your life. This week we're covering the art of listening, focusing particularly on the pivotal shift support response framework. And we'll explore how mastering this can not only revolutionize your conversation skills, but can deepen your connections with friends, with co-workers and other people in your life. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. And if you find value in the content, please leave a five star rating. That's the intro done. Let's do it. George Bernard Shaw once insightfully said, The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. This thought lays the groundwork for today's focus. How often do we truly listen in our conversations? And asking ourselves that question more can help us to become better conversationalists. And we're going to dissect the nuances of effective listening with a focus on the shift support response. And this framework is crucial in understanding how our conversational habits either hinder or enhance genuine communication. And by the end of our discussion, you'll have a deeper insight into what makes a conversation truly engaging and how you can be a better participant in any dialogue. And you might be wondering, why is this topic actually important? And you might consider that the value of effective listening isn't new. I didn't come up with it and it's been recognised for centuries. And think about the wisdom in the old Turkish proverb, if speaking is silver, then listening is gold. And this insight aligns perfectly with what Dale Carnegie emphasised in How to Win Friends and Influence People over 70 years ago. He said, if you aspire to be a good conversationalist, be an attentive listener. To be interesting, be interested. And I'm passionate about this, especially now, because I feel like we're living in a time of extreme partisanship and algorithms keep feeding us more of what we want to hear and I'm not really seeing much in terms of oppositional content. And I see a huge need for us all to start listening more effectively to different perspectives rather than cocooning ourselves unchecked within the echo chamber of our own views and opinions. And just so it's clear, I am absolutely not preaching here. I'm just very passionate about listening. And someone recently asked me the question, if you could teach anybody something, what would it be? And I said, I would love to teach the world to listen. I just think it's so important. And my focus and awareness around listening has completely changed in the last decade. And it's just benefited me immensely. And I want you to try and get the same benefits as well. Okay, so let's go deeper and unlock the value of improved listening so that you can transform how you engage with other people. And we're going to do that by starting with three key terms. Okay, so I've already mentioned the shift support response, which we'll explore in depth shortly. But first, I'd like us to align on these three key terms that lay the foundation for today's episode. The first is conversational narcissism. Now, this may be a new term to you. I don't know. But it's when someone dominates a conversation where they constantly steer everything about the conversation back to themselves to their own experiences, their own thoughts, their own opinions. And as a result, they overlook other people's input. The second is active listening. Now, this would be the opposite of narcissism in a conversation. And it's about being fully present and engaged. 
you're listening to what other people say, you're looking at their body language, you've a genuine interest and empathy in the other person and what they're communicating. The final term is dialogue versus monologue. And I guess it's probably evident in the names, but die, D-I meaning double. So a dialogue is a two-way street and this has active participation. So this is a healthy, balanced exchange between both parties. In contrast, a monologue, mono meaning one, it's a one-sided affair. And this is where conversations are often dominated by a single speaker, and it would be similar to conversational narcissism. As we explore these concepts, why not have a think back to your own conversations? And I think it's important to reflect and think about whether you've ever experienced being overshadowed by conversational narcissism, where all the things you talked about just got redirected back to somebody else and, and their focus. And then think about what it was like to have felt the warmth of active listening. So where someone really attentively listened to you, what did that actually feel like? By the end of this episode, you'll not only recognise these patterns, but you'll also be equipped to foster more balanced, engaging and fulfilling conversations. Okay, so shift support response. I've mentioned that a couple of times. In our discussions on communication, it's crucial to understand the shift support response framework. So we'll start by defining what each of these means. The shift response occurs when the conversation is redirected towards your own experiences or views, thereby shifting focus away from the original speaker. And this is all about just bringing the spotlight onto yourself. With the support response, in contrast, this involves responses that keep the focus on the speaker or at least support the conversation that they're having. And it's usually characterized by empathy, by listening, by a genuine interest in understanding the other person's perspective and supporting the conversation they're talking about rather than continually trying to shift it back to yourself. You don't want either of these in extremes because a balanced conversation ideally blends both of the elements. It's not just about constant listening without contributing your own thoughts, nor is it about dominating the dialogue with just your own personal anecdotes. True communication is a dance of ideas. And it's a dialogue where speaking and listening are interwoven. And this contrasts sharply with a monologue where one voice overshadows all others. To give you a clearer understanding of the difference between the shift and support response, and to add a little bit of variety to the episode, I've prepared two AI-generated conversations for you. And I do love AI, I'm very into it, so it's nice to be able to add that into the episode. These simulate a typical workplace scenario where person A and person B are discussing tight project deadlines. So let's listen to how these dynamics unfold and we'll start with the shift response. So pay close attention to how the conversation's focus shifts and consider how it affects the overall interaction. I've been feeling really overwhelmed at work lately. The project deadlines are just too tight. Oh, tell me about it. Last year, I had three projects due at the same time. Yeah, it's a lot to handle. I'm not sure how I'll manage it all. I ended up working weekends just to catch up. It was exhausting, but I got through it. Just for ease here, I'll refer to the speakers as A and B. A being the first person that spoke, B being the second. And in this dialogue, we see, I think, a great example of the shift response. A opens up about feeling overwhelmed at work. I've been feeling really overwhelmed at work lately. And they're effectively hoping for empathy or support. However, B quickly redirects the conversation to their own experience. Oh, tell me about it. Last year, I had three projects due at the same time. 
And this shift, while possibly well-intentioned, and I think it's safe to assume most people are well-intentioned, this shift effectively sidelines A's concerns. And then if you notice how in the second exchange, when A attempts to continue discussing their issue, B again shifts the focus back to themselves. I ended up working weekends just to catch up. It was exhausting, but I got through it. And this is a key characteristic of the shift response. And it's not necessarily that B is trying to diminish A's feelings. I would say it's rather that they may be attempting to relate through their own experiences. However, the impact of doing that is that A's original concern is left unaddressed and undervalued. And what's missing here then is the recognition and validation of A's feelings, because that's usually what people are looking for, to feel like they've been listened to. And instead of creating a space for A to explore and express their emotions, the conversation effectively becomes more about B's past challenges. It's shifted back to them. And this is a common misstep in conversations, and it can lead to a sense of disconnect and sometimes one-upmanship. And it can just make the person who's sharing feel like they're unheard and isolated. And most of the time, there's no bad intention, like I said, behind a shift response. It's usually a lack of awareness from people in their eagerness to just talk about and relate their own experience. But in our next dialogue, we'll see how the support response offers a different approach, creating a more empathetic and engaging conversation between A and B. I've been feeling really overwhelmed at work lately. The project deadlines are just too tight. That sounds really stressful. What specifically is making it so overwhelming for you? Well, it's the volume of work and the tight timelines. I barely have time to think. I can imagine that's quite challenging. Have you been able to find any strategies that help? So that one felt quite different. And hopefully you can immediately sense the difference between both of those conversations. And when you compare it to our previous conversation, this dialogue beautifully illustrates the support response. A shares their feelings of being overwhelmed at work, and it's a situation many of us can relate to. And instead of shifting the focus to their own experiences, B engages in a way that deepens their understanding of A's situation. So notice B's first response. That sounds really stressful. What specifically is making it so overwhelming for you? And this is a lovely open-ended question. It not only shows empathy, but it also invites A to elaborate on their feelings and the specifics of their situation. So it helps you to get to understand the other person's perspective a little bit better. And it's a lovely example of active listening, where the aim is to truly understand the other person and their perspective. As the conversation progresses, A feels comfortable sharing more details about their challenges. Well, it's the volume of work and the tight timelines. And B responds with, That sounds really stressful. What specifically is making it so overwhelming for you? This not only acknowledges A's difficulties, but also encourages them to think about solutions or coping mechanisms. So it's good listening, but it's also good coaching. And what we see here is a genuine two-way interaction. B's approach makes A feel heard and understood. This kind of response fosters trust and openness, and they're essential ingredients for effective and meaningful communication. And it's a reminder that sometimes being a good conversationalist isn't about talking more. It's actually about cultivating the ability to listen deeply and respond thoughtfully. So hopefully 
you can see that in our daily interactions, adopting a support response can significantly enhance the quality of our conversations and our connections with others. And it demonstrates respect for the other person's experiences and feelings, which then creates a space for genuine dialogue and mutual understanding. Okay, so as we wrap up this Atomic Insight, I would love you to remember, if you can, that effective conversation is a balance between speaking and listening. So try where you can to embrace the support response to deepen connections and then be mindful of that support response to help you avoid dominating discussions. And active listening, it's so key to truly engaging and understanding others. And if you do, I think you'll find that your engagement with people improves. You'll probably learn more by listening and you'll probably be considered a better conversationalist, which is the whole aim of trying to put this episode together so you become more effective at listening, which in turn will make you more effective in conversations. If you're keen to enhance your listening skills further, keep listening to the Atomic Readers podcast as I will be creating more episodes on listening. And I referenced it earlier in the episode. Listening is just something I'm really passionate about. I think it's very rewarding as well. And if you're a reader or you're into books, um, I do have three books that I would recommend on listening. I have several more as well, but just for now, here's three that I would recommend and say would be beneficial for you if you want to become a better listener. The first is You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. The second, Just Listen by Mark Goulston. And the third, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. All three books are excellent. You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy is less of an instructive guide than the other two, but she covers some really interesting ground on listening and I think it complements the other two quite well. Nonviolent communication, that's considered a classic in the communication genre. And I've read a lot of books on communication. That one is right up there near the very top. So definitely consider picking that one up. And that's it for today's Atomic Insight. If you have a topic you'd like me to cover, please reach out on Instagram or email atomicreaderspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star rating. Thanks for listening, and remember, be kind, be persistent, be exceptional, and most of all, keep listening. Ciao.